Hi, it's Brett Cowell, and this is the Total Life Complete podcast, coming to you from the Texas L Project in Dallas, Texas. Today, I'm here with Kat and Brent Thompson. Welcome, Kat and Brent. Thank Hello. you. Thank you for having us. We're happy to be here. For sure. My pleasure. So hopefully today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, beer uh, business and, and perhaps beards, if we've got enough time. We'll see how we go with that. Yeah. The first question I ask all the guests is, how do you introduce yourself at a party when people ask who you are? You want to take that one? I work too much, so we don't attend many parties. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> we do a lot of events. We do. Yeah, um, lots of events. Hey, we're here to promote our business, so we generally introduce ourselves as uh, um, as brewery owners, and that starts a conversation, and then, you know, we have something to talk about, so... <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Someone, you know, a lot of people, they'll ask, you know, just kind of small talk, if you will, whenever you first meet someone and, you know, oftentimes they'll ask what you do and I typically say I make beer for a living. A lot of people would rather talk about beer than, you know, no offense to anyone out there, but um, <laughs> life insurance or <laughs> some other, other. It's, it's a brewery, it's fun, but it's definitely still a business. So You guys are co-founders of the um, Texas Cell Project and we're explain what that is in a second. So uh, beer's an e easy conversation starter. So um, maybe just explain what, what the Texas Ale Project's all about. Delicious beer. It's kind of, um, I can kind of just run you through the story, if you will. Um, so if, several years ago, uh, Kat and I were living in upstate New York and uh, Kat was getting her MBA from Cornell. And there was a homebrew competition um, at the school and then Kat signed us up for it. And I, you know, it's funny, I, we've always loved culture and food and drink and things that ferment, um, but never really at that point really had considered uh, making beer. And when she brought it up to me, I kind of thought to myself, I was like, wow, this is pretty incredible. How is it that we already don't know how to make beer? Um, so let's figure that out. <laughs> So yeah, so we started brewing in our in our kitchen, which was about the size of the palm of my hand, and um, the beers, the first beers were actually pretty terrible, but our friends were kind enough to uh, to partake and enjoy them and say they at least liked them. Um, but uh, yeah, after probably, I don't know, maybe the third or fourth batch, we kind of looked at each other, and I basically just said, this is what I want to do the rest of my life, and... And I said, oh, brother. <laughs> <laughs> How did that go down? That was my next, uh, my next question. What happened next? <laughs> well, kind of, we've always wanted to do something uh, that we're passionate about, something that was fun and, and allowed us to show our creative side. Um, and we get to find, we find all of those things uh, here at the brewery. So um, kind of a long story short, um, after that conversation, uh, we basically started building a business plan and, um, you know, here we are, uh, we'll be in our third year of production. Uh, we're actually in our third year of production now and we'll be three, uh, in November. Were you home brewing in, uh, in Dallas or were you in, was it in upstate New York? Yeah, it's still it, at that stage. Yeah. Ithaca, New York. And, um, once Kat finished, um, MBA. Her MBA. Um, we weren't quite sure that we were going to, we weren't quite sure where we were going to end up. Um, the world, it could have been anywhere in the world, really. And Kat got an amazing offer uh, actually here at home in Dallas. And so about that time, the business plan was finished and we thought we'd move back into Dallas and have a brewery up and running in about six months. And we were sadly mistaken. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the business plan said, but uh, yeah. 
not what reality said. Do they teach you how to do those really good business plans doing an MBA, don't they? It's uh-huh. And reality always matches it without fail. Oh, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> they should have started with, well, here's how you build a business plan, but just know that it's not going to be anything like what you actually <laughs> end up doing. Um, but no, it, it really does teach you discipline. It teaches you to really think about the business and think about all the different aspects that you want in your business and how you're going to go about um, executing those things as well as how you're going to pay for them. Um, so fundraising was was a huge part. I mean, it, it took us three and a half years to get the business open. Um, part of that was, hey, we were knocking on a lot of different banks' doors. We also had construction. You know, we weren't planning on we weren't planning on building a new building from the ground up. We we originally were going to move into an existing building. Uh, that plan didn't work out, and so here we are with a brand new, fabulous building. But things change, and and they can change for the better. You have to go with it a little bit. And we're we're very fortunate to to be here where we are now with a fourteen thousand square foot facility because it was going to be a six thousand square foot facility, and that would have probably got us to through year one, but not not the future. I should have mentioned to the listeners at the start that we're, we're actually. Uh, sitting at the moment having a conversations in a tap room and we're actually at the facility right now and I've got a glass of water in front of me <laughs> for, the, for the moment but there is certainly plenty of beer uh, surrounding us here um, so that, that's very <laughs> very uh, so this was the Texas Ale project I mean people maybe associate Texas with beer anyway did you think that that would be already a competitive market with lots of other beer makers there or did you really see an opportunity for an, another distinct um, Texas brand. Yeah, so it was both. Um, I'm from, I grew up in Dallas and uh, Brent grew up in Houston. So we're, we're true Texans at heart and uh, both still have family here. So we wanted to be close to home and it was a natural fit for that. But also um, there was a, a great opportunity in, in the DFW market we really looked at different cities like, all right, well, if we could, could live anywhere in the, in the world, where would we want to live? And we picked those cities and then we <laughs> crossed a lot of them off because they're totally saturated with breweries and that's not the environment we wanted to be in. So we were smart about, about that as well. Um, does Dallas presented a lot of opportunity for us to have a local craft brewery and grow it very quickly on the manufacturing scale. Um, so we definitely took that into consideration. It was just, ended up being a really natural fit, but we, we love Texas. Um, and we wanted the Texas pride to come through in our, in our business. And so hence Texas ale project is the name. We wear it every day. Yes, we do. (laughs) Yes, we do. Maybe just talk a little bit about the the products. I just want to, you know, um, how did you decide what type of beer to make? Well, we started with what we like to drink. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, it's funny. Um, there's a million different ways you can go as far as beer is concerned. I mean, there's just variations within style and, you know, the, the, the sky's the limit. And that's what's so fun about beer is that, you know, it's, it's, I compare making beer to making music. I mean, there's only so many notes, but yet what you can do with those notes are incredible and endless really um and so whenever we first started to really try to narrow down what the styles and, and what we wanted the brewery to represent 
um, we kept coming back to kind of a common ground. It's like we loved beers that were full of flavor, but yet balanced and at the same time, you know, somewhat approachable. But again, just really being something that you really want to go back to, you know, it's not it's one, one and done. Yeah. It's one of those things. It's like, I love, you know, you talk, I talk about food a lot. I'm, I, I really love food um, and everything that goes along with it. Um, and it's like, you know, think about eating a nice meal. Um, you want to have another bite, right? You don't want to have one bite and then just move on to something else. Right. Um, and that's how I really feel about beer. It's, it's, it's something within reason, of course, obviously. Um, but it's, it's something that, you know, you should be able to enjoy with your friends and your family um, and be able to to have a couple beers and have them really kind of open your eyes to different styles as well. Um, I, you know, it's funny just being here in the tap room, um, you know, I'll have people come in and tell me that, you know, they're not really big fans of IPAs and we'll, I'll pour them. I'm like, well, have you had any of ours? You know, and so I'll pour them a, a little taste of 50 foot Jackrabbit or 100 million angels singing our double IPA. And um, oftentimes it's, the reaction is great because, you know, maybe those people actually really didn't like IPAs until they had ours. Um, but it, kind of back to your original question, um, we wanted to make beers, again, that were, that were well-balanced, approachable, uh, but at the same time have, have depth and are made well. You know, um, there's a lot of thought and time that goes in and work that goes into to making our beers. And um, I think that the outcome is really quite nice and pleasant and uh, quite enjoyable. What was the first product actually? Is it still available now, or is it, that yeah, Fire at Funeral? Um, that was the first beer that we released, and it's 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 pretty much our flagship uh, today. Um, that and then Fifty Foot Jackrabbit. Those Jackrabbit, it's our IPA, um, and uh, those two kind of go head to head for the most part. Um, and it's a kind of a funny thing. We actually brew more Fifty Foot Jackrabbit than typically than we do Fire Ant, but just the loss that we have with the the 50 foot jackrabbit with the amount of hops that are in the beer. Um, we actually uh, end up with less volume at the end, but um, interesting thing about uh, production, but um, pretty much those two beers are still today almost three years in are still our two most popular beers. Yeah. And fire at funeral is an amber ale. Um, you want to tell them the background story on that? Yeah, I actually have a couple, I don't know, a couple good stories. And I was, I was actually, kind of the background on the, on, the, on, the, on the beer names and stuff, something that we do is we try to have fun with our beer names. And we like to, to have a tie-in to our lives. And, and you know, everybody loves a good story. Um, and everybody in Texas has a fire ant story. Um, you know, I remember basically when I, I was helping my dad mow the yard uh, whenever I was younger and I kept running over the, the fire ant mounds weekend after weekend. And after I ended up covered several times, I kind of got tired of uh, dealing with the fire ants. So I thought the, the best thing would do would be to uh, go get the can of gas from the garage and find some matches and have a little fire ant funeral. <laughs> um, everything was going pretty well um, until the fire got quite a bit larger than I had anticipated. Um, needless to say, the house did not burn down, uh, which I was very thankful for. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, it's, it's an amber ale. It's one of those ones that you may want to have, you know, after, after working in the, the Texas heat in your backyard for sure. And mowing the lawn. Yeah. <laughs> Is that kind of a, a thing, you know, I mean, growing up in Australia, it's hot, but it, it's 
very humid here sometimes. Mm. You know, what's a Texas thirst? And do you think about uh, how to address that with your beers in various ways? Or? You know, it's funny. When I was younger, we, when I was younger, we, we all drank mass-produced beer. Um, that's what was available. And uh, when I joined the service out of high school, started traveling the world and uh, really started to get to know beer a lot better and realized that, hey, it can actually have flavor. <laughs> and then the kind of the beer that changed my life, to be honest, we were in upstate New York again. And there's a brewery, uh, I believe it's in Pennsylvania, called Trogues. And uh, they do a beer called Nugget Nectar. And it's an imperial amber. Um, and Kat and I were at the, the beer or the, the, the beer store one day and I was looking at it and I was like, well, this looks really good. I'm, I'm going to try this out. Let's, let's dive into it and see what this is about. And um, to be honest, it kind of really opened my eyes to what beer can be. Um, and it kind of, at that point, I kind of knew that like, hey, look, this is, this is incredible. And I was blown away by the, the flavor that could actually be in beer. There's a big spectrum, right? High flavor versus something lighter. And we really tried to play with that in in the Texas heat as well and made sure that our beers were approachable in, in this market. Um, we do several bigger beers and, and people really enjoy those. But a good example of, of the opposite is something shady, our porter. It's a 5.5% porter. Um, it's lighter in body. It's some people drink it and they're like, Oh, I, this is a dark beer. It's, you know, it's real dark in color, but they expect it to be this, um, you know, big mouthful meal, but it's really actually goes really well with food and it's really yeah, light and easy drinking. Beer. And I find myself, it's, it's easy to take, you know, to drink several of those. It's really sessionable porter. Yeah. Um, and you get like just wonderful coffee and, and dark chocolate notes. And um, again, it doesn't really hit you very hard in the stomach. And, you know, one thing that uh, that us Texans like to eat a lot is beef, obviously. Um, we can't get enough barbecue and everything else. Um, and so this beer, along with a lot of our beers, I mean, our beers are, I, I, I think they're just really great food beers too. And they're just great to, they really help round out a meal. Um, but at the same time, that doesn't mean that they're not perfect when you just want to have a few. Um, but the porter is really quite nice and uh, just the rich smoky meats, if you can imagine, um, that beer just really complements it quite nicely. You're making me hungry. Yeah. We haven't had lunch yet. So <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. We know we'll train. <laughs> so it was funny. Um, we had a pretty long canning day yesterday, actually, of canning uh, Fire Ant Funeral. And we had some double brews going, so it was pretty hectic around the brewery. Um, but um, a really a sweet couple. They actually were married here at the brewery. And um, Alberto and Marilee uh, are their names. And hadn't seen them in a little bit they typically you know they come by sometimes on thursdays and um alberto he does all sorts of crazy triathlons and just he's an endurance runner and just the guy's a machine um great couple but uh this but again alberto um he he uh, had the idea of putting uh our logo on some of his uh cycling uniforms and and so forth and so he was in omaha um, a couple of weeks ago wearing the Texas L project, uh, uniform, uh, that he actually designed. And we, we actually have a couple hanging up in the tap room now. It's pretty incredible. We sell them now in the tap room. Um, and, uh, so he was on part of the run for this triathlon. I was like, I forget it was like the national championships or something like that. Um, 
and USA Nash, yeah, national championship triathlon. Yeah, so he was competing in that event. He won silver. <laughs> it was just incredible. <laughs> um, but during part of the run, he heard several people in the crowd start yelling, Texas Hill Project, Fire Ant Funeral, all the way in Omaha. And it, like, I've got chills now just telling the story again. And I just, it just put such a big smile on my face. And, and we talked for a little bit. Uh, it's, it's just incredible, really, that, you know, we're not stuck in a bubble per se, but I mean, we work very long hours and we work very hard. And so, we, and we don't get out to a lot of places. Um, in fact, Kat and I just went on our first vacation in, in over three years. Um, but, you know, we, we're here working hard and we're putting the beer out. And you don't realize how far that can go, even though we're only currently distributed in, in, in Texas. In North Texas in North and West Texas. Texas, and West not Texas. Even yeah, in, we're in 64 counties in, here. Yeah, not even in all of yeah. Texas. So, so it's I mean, cool to have that love and, and to do something for yourself and work hard and have and see that other people appreciate it too. It's There's nothing like that reward, even if you're not making any money doing it. <laughs> <laughs> for the no. love of beer. <laughs> Most people that cycle are, are very, are very skinny, but that's um, I, I, that's not how I describe myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we actually have a lot of cyclists that come here. Um, there's the Six Pack Trail, and they that's a group. And they do like a tour to the different breweries, and so they they come here quite a bit with a with a group. And we've had other um, Red Red Star Bicycle is right down the street from us. So we're very involved in the community and. Uh, we like to help each other out. Um, mm-hmm. They they'll bring groups here too. For sure. And uh, there's a great photograph on our website. I believe it's on our website of um, if if you haven't seen our brewery, um, it's a it's a beautiful place. And uh, like Kat mentioned earlier, we you know we built it from the ground up, and we're in fact the first uh, brewery in Dallas proper. I want to say Dallas proper to build from the ground up um, since basically like. I don't know, something like 125 years. And so the front of the brewery is just this really nice glass wall, and you look into the brew house and the brew deck and the platform and all that. And um, there was a a group of cyclists that were here, and all their bikes were parked in front of that glass, and the picture was taken that night. And so you see the the bicycles, and then you see behind that the brew house, and it was just kind of a really, really, really neat photo. Sorry to run off on a tangent there, but it was just kind of, we, we do have a lot of cyclists that come through for sure. Well, we're off on that tangent. Uh, there's a, a share <laughs> bike war happening in Dallas at the moment. You know, these things are piling up everywhere. You know, there's, yeah, there's bikes. Yeah. I think there's three different companies competing and now you're falling over them. I kind of think that as a cyclist that, that used to go on the road a little bit in certainly in London where people are used to bikes being around I'm, I'm kind of a bit worried about all of these <laughs> non-frequent bikers jumping on a high bike and they're just going to work going in front of a semi-trailer or something like that so hopefully that does not happen yeah no. of course and and they're in the city's really making a big effort to start putting in cycling lanes throughout the city i know kind of live over no cliff and um there's quite a few throughout the neighborhood so uh you know i, I think it's getting safer out there for the cyclists so Talked a little bit about distribution um, from homebrew to, to distribution around North Texas. I mean, kind of, where did that start? Did you start um, in, in restaurants or beer competitions? You know, where yeah. did you really kind of go, oh, this is something that people are interested in and we're starting to get some demand? Well, you know, the funny thing is, is that once Kat and I are very stubborn people, um, and once we put our mind to something, we typically see it through, um, which isn't always easy. Like this, building this brewery was not an easy task by any means. 
And it's probably been, you know, one of the most difficult things that we've ever done in our life, to be honest. Um, and if we didn't love beer, I, I could tell you that we wouldn't be here. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, and so when we, once, once we moved back to Dallas from upstate New York, we were still brewing in a five-gallon pot on our stovetop. And uh, after making a massive mess in the kitchen, um, we decided that you know it was time for us to to start brewing a little on a little bit larger scale, and so we basically put together a small pilot system where we could brew about 31 gallons at a time versus the five gallon pot. And um, and that was not indoors. That was not indoors. <laughs> no, we were living downtown in a condo at the time, and so that would definitely not be able to be indoors. Um, but we found a little uh, warehouse space. It was really kind of a lean-to off the back of a warehouse over here near where the brewery is today in the design district. And uh, we just started basically home brewing there. And um, it was, uh, we like to call it outdoor brewing because it was basically a roof and a couple of walls and whatever the temperature was outside is what the temperature was inside. So whether that was, you know, 20 degrees in the winter or 120 in the summer. Uh, His fair share of rain came through. Yeah, needless <laughs> to say. Um, but here we are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that made us a tr appreciate a, a new building for sure. Yeah. So it, it was kind of one of those things, again, just really... We had our business plan together. We were pitching. We were, you know, tasting our friends and family on the beers. Um, yeah, my parents. And Kat's and parents, we, we basically were brewing beer, and, and, and they loved our beer so much that they wanted to, to get involved with us and be our partners. And um, so that was pretty incredible, too. So, so just melding the, um, like, kind of the journey on the, the business side to, to look at, um, you know, a an opportunity to run a sustainable business, you know, financially and, and to grow that. And then also the passion for beer, you know, how have those things kind of evolved? Yeah. I mean, we, we've made a lot of sacrifices. Um, we had to think really hard about what we want and how, how badly we want it. Right. Um, any business costs way more than you think it's going to. So you have to be prepared for that. Um, but this is you have to have the passion for it too to get you through those those challenging times and you're going to run into problems and you have to figure out all right there's a solution i just got to find it i may not like it may not be the best one but there is always a solution and uh so that i think that was that's really important for me along the way is like brent said we're really stubborn you have we, we just had to be really stubborn and keep keep moving forward you know yeah you, um, you hit an obstacle and it's it's you just it's it's not that it's going to stop you you just have to figure out either a how to go around it b go over it c go under it or d just go through the damn thing <laughs> <laughs> you know it's it's just one of those things um it, it's it's and this you know this is our first business uh really uh for us to to own and 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 to to work in, I mean, we kind of come from different backgrounds. I was in the military and service industry while I put myself through school, and Kat comes from retail and and also consulting, and so we have a very broad range of of attributes, um, or you know that we that we share, or you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is is that you know our, where we're different, we just make each other stronger. Um, and my dad as well. Um, 
his whole backgrounds in sales and he's he an ultimate anything. ultimate salesman <laughs> um and he had his own own business for a, a very long time as well so the, uh, the entrepreneurial spirit, spirit goes yeah. goes throughout both of our families for sure yeah and we, and we wouldn't be here today without cat's parents they've been so helpful um and in the tough times and the bad times you know i mean uh, not everybody can work with their family and um I, I know why. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Before we get to working um, together, so just building on you, on your past, I mean, Kat, you've done an MBA and you, you mentioned that you've been in uh, services. What sort of knowledge or lessons or traits, uh, what are those traits? And, and we talked a bit about stubbornness and where did they come from? Was it inspired by something in the past that you look and you, you go, this experience in my past is really helping me now? Every day. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Um, and it's all of it. I mean, I think every mistake I've ever made, everything that I've been proud of on the other side, um, I, I pull, I pull from those experiences every day and, and it's not just one thing. I mean, uh, getting an MBA from Cornell was great and it, it showed me how to work hard. I was working 80 hours every week and it, it was tough, you know? Cause they throw a lot out you, but I also had a lot of fun. <laughs> Grad school can be fun. So you learn to balance it all. And that was about time management and balance and getting, uh, being able to handle a lot of stress and getting through the stress. I think that's the biggest thing I learned through there. Yes. Education was great. But, um, when I worked at, at Neiman Marcus, you know, I uh, learned how to run a business and do the finances and all of that. Um, do retail math, which now I have to do here for the tap room, all the merchandise and, and the beer, you know, pricing out the beers. And so there's every little thing you experience in your life leads into you being able to be better in your future. So um, I always recommend to people do as much as you can, like get out there, get out of your comfort zone, try something because that's how you're going to, you know, become smarter and better and, be able to make better decisions for sure yeah and you know for me it, it all i think it all started with my dad i mean my dad was a very hard-working man and he could he could build anything fix anything i mean he just he, you know he taught me how to work with my hands and um showed me what work ethic was and and i think that that is kind of like the core foundation for for me um to be able to work hard and work through tough situations and and then also when I was in the service, I mean, I, you know, I worked on the flight deck of nuclear aircraft carriers, um, pretty, pretty incredible place to be, uh, to work and, and you learn a lot. And, uh, again, it's just about working hard and, and being safe. And, um, but those, those, those life lessons that my dad taught me when I was young, I really feel like have been like the core foundation for, for who I am today. In all the entrepreneurs I've met, it's other characteristics, rarely just does, the strength of your desire to make lots of money uh, determine your success in actually being an entrepreneur. <laughs> it's actually just about everything else apart from that to be mm -hmm. able to um, persevere and mm -hmm. and then hopefully be successful because um, you can be resilient and adapt and whatever. What are the secrets to working together? <laughs> well, let's come back to that. Uh, I think the secret is there are no secrets. <laughs> 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 we can't have secrets from each other. Um, 
and by that I mean literally secrets, but also like we come home and we talk through our day at just as if we worked in two different places. And a lot of times we do. I'm in my office or I'm dealing with, um, not dealing with, but like working with the sales team and or marketing or whatever and Brent's out on the production floor all day. We may not even talk all yeah. day, literally, but we're both working in the same facility. It's just so not losing sight of each other. Um, talking through things and being able to, we have to listen. I, I get frustrated. Hey, yes, we still fight. Um, and there's, there are a lot of challenging times, but there's also a lot of good times. And, you know, we just have to be patient and listen to each other and help each other work through the challenges we're having at work or at home life, just, just as if anybody else would. So I don't, I, I don't treat it any different than when I had, you know, when I had a job in my past that was totally separate from, from what he was doing. Yeah. It's, it's funny, not funny, but, um, it's interesting. Um, I can see to be just brutally honest, I can see why a lot of our friends think we're crazy. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I mean, I can't imagine doing anything else. It's, it's one of those things that, um, you can lean on each other, um, you know, and, and bounce ideas off of each other. And, um, and we don't always agree and it's, you know, you have to be okay with that because you're not, no one's ever going to always agree with anyone, you know? Um, and I, I think that a lot of times it makes us stronger for, for being able to agree to disagree sometimes. Yeah, I mean, as long as you know that I'm always right. <laughs> <laughs> I know that I know that I know. <laughs> and for some reason in, in, in beverages industry, it's, it's quite common to have couples starting a business and certainly a family starting a, a beverage business. It's, it's unusually common. There must be something there that, uh, that makes it work as opposed to other That's businesses. interesting. I guess couples like to drink together. <laughs> yeah. yeah, couples that drink together stay together. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a bumper sticker. We'll have to yeah. put that, that to your product line over here. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Dallas now, and I think you mentioned already as a place of opportunity then, and, you know, family connections here to, to Texas. I mean, what, what is the, um, this place of Dallas all about and why is it a good place to live and work and, and chase down your dreams and passions and stuff like that? You know, um, earlier we were talking a little bit about how, you know, why North Texas? And when we first started doing our due diligence, if you will, um, there's a there's an organization called the Brewers Association, and um, we're actually a, a part of that group. And they do a lot of the statistical data for for the craft brewing industry, and it's a, a place to learn a lot about uh, what's going on in the craft beer industry. And so, when we first started putting ideas together and numbers together, and just trying to really figure out how this was going to work, Texas was actually ranked number 45 out of the 50 states as far as breweries per capita. So. Uh, very low, very, very, very low uh, on on the totem pole, if you will. And now I think today, and, and we, this was this was what six years ago when we first first started putting these numbers together. So six years ago we were forty five, and now I think today we're number forty two. I want to say time so, flies. So we've moved up a little bit, but still Texas in general is still great. There's still a, lot, a great opportunity here for for craft breweries. Um, we, we wanted to be in the city, um, 
and and Dallas, you know, I grew up I grew up in a small town uh, called Huffman, Texas, just outside of Houston. Uh, we were in city limits, but not by much. And um, it's a completely different lifestyle there. And uh, you know, when I when I first moved to Dallas after um, getting out of the military, I had always lived inside of six thirty five. You know, inside the loop, if you will. Um, and Dallas is a great city. It's very neighborhoody. There's neat little pockets you can find uh, throughout the city of just great bars and restaurants and, you know, some of my favorite food stores like Jimmy's Italian Market over at Bryan and Fitzhugh. Um, they actually sell her beer there and you can grab a great Cuban sandwich or an Italian sandwich and have a beer. Nice little plug there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of hungry again, so maybe we should go there for lunch. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's it's interesting. And, and to be perfectly honest, I moved to Dallas in 2003 and it's become my home. I, I, I can't imagine not living where we live. I mean, it's the city itself has grown so much and come so far. I mean, we're covering highways with parks. And, you know, when I first moved here, like no one had even thought about what a food truck might be or, or was. And, and now it's it's the culture of this city has grown so much in the last, you know, 10 years. Or It's just been incredible to see the city really blossom. Um, and again, I love food and there's a lot of really good food here. Um, and there's a lot of really good beer here too. So, um, just culturally, I, I, I just, it's kind of modern, you know, it's kind of modern, it's Texas, but, um, no, I mean, just the city as a whole. And we're, we're, we're really excited to be a part of that, you know, um, back to what I was just saying a minute ago, you know, when we first started working on this brewery project, we started working on Texas L project, um, there wasn't really any breweries in the city of Dallas at that time. There wasn't one. Uh, I believe Deep Elm was just getting started um, or they were trying to still get their doors open, you know, and, and, and now where our brewery is in the design district, it's really the first brewery district that the city's ever had. Um, so, you know, you can come down on a Saturday and hit, hit four different breweries if you'd like, you know, um, which is pretty, pretty incredible. Just transitioning onto you know any current projects that you want the listeners to hear about and what can they expect from you in future? Oh man, there's so many projects. Um, we're coming out with some new beers, yep. so very very shortly we have um, Imperial Fire Ant Funeral coming out on draft. It's a limited release, and it's a big big brother or queen ant version of Fire <laughs> Ant Funeral, if you will. Um, eight and a half percent <clears throat> and the release party for that's going to be here at the tap room at the brewery on September 2nd over Labor Day weekend. So it should be a big party, a lot of fun. We'll have some live music for that. And then getting into holiday season, if you can believe it or not already, we're starting to think about that. We're starting to think about state fair. We're going to play a big, big role in the state fair. So hope all of y'all are going to go to that. I just read the other day that over 2 million people go to the Texas State Fair every year. It's pretty awesome. That's a lot of people. If you haven't been, it's worth seeing. It's pretty It's yeah. pretty incredible. So we're really excited to play a bigger role this year. Um, we need help. I think 
that would be awesome to say is if anybody wants to help volunteer <laughs> or help us at the state fair this year, please, um, you may email us at info at Texas explain your interest. Um, yeah, cause we're going fast and always need, need good, passionate people for sure. And we'll put the link to that in the show notes as well. And um, are people going to be able to get your beers outside Texas eventually or just step by step at this stage? It's really, you know, it's interesting. I could see us going into the surrounding states at some point, um, you know, New Mexico, Oklahoma, maybe Arkansas, Louisiana. But right now, I mean, seriously, we're on, we're in 64 counties in the state of Texas. There's just so much more Texas that we're not in yet. You know, I mean, Houston, Austin, San Antonio. I mean, there's just the. There's so there's much even in Dallas. Yeah, even here in our backyard. You yeah. know, for sure. Um, so we want to. We're gonna. We want to take care of Texas first, and then once once we've um, established a really strong foothold here, then that's probably when we'll start considering going to the surrounding states. One thing that I was quite interested maybe you could speak a bit more about is good to go what, what's that exactly yeah so basically um good to go is a way for for texas Health project to be able to give back to veterans like myself um so the group that we're working with is called honor courage commitment and they're basically starting uh, an incubator for veteran-owned businesses here in north texas um and they provide mentoring, training, education, and just camaraderie uh, as well. And um, it really, the, the, the mission itself is pretty incredible really because it, it hits so close to home with myself. Um, so whenever we first met the guys from Our Courage and Commitment, uh, we started talking about what could we do to kind of help spread the message and to get the word out there. And so we started coming up with ideas for beers and immediately, you know, we, we just really hit it off with it. And, and, you know, I see the guys probably once a week now they come down to the brewery. Um, and, um, so overall what it really is about is letting veterans know and other people know that there's a great organization that say you want to, you have an idea and you want to start a business and you, you really don't may, you may not have, the the know-how on how what direction or what steps to take and so the, you know they provide a lot of education and a lot of knowledge and 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 that can help guide you through that process and with the incubator itself you could potentially even run your business out of there for a while um and uh, I, I don't you know it's, it's it's just a really 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 amazing uh project and what we're doing with Good to Go is is that we're actually donating uh, a portion of the proceeds to Honor Courage and Commitment. So every six pack you buy, every pint you buy, just know that you're going to help veterans uh, and, and and veteran entrepreneurship across the board. So very good. Yeah. Okay, so we're almost out of time, but just to wrap up with some life lessons, and I think there's been some good lessons so far in in life and business. Is there any final words of advice you have to? people doing something that might want to follow their passion or just something that you've learned that you really just want to share with the listeners in closing? For me, be stubborn, be passionate and be smart. Those are the three things. And when I say smart, I mean, know that you do not know everything and look for advice wherever you can find it. Lean on other people, um, be stubborn enough to push through, but 
but don't be so stubborn that you can't see that other people have to help you. And that was a struggle for me. I was a little bit of a, a c control freak in the beginning. And I was like, oh, that's my baby. I, I want this to go well. I want to do it right the way I think it should be done. But you find that there is no way you could possibly do this by yourself. Um, and you have to rely on a lot of other people. You have to rely on other people's expertise to take you further than you can take yourself. Um, so don't lose sight of that. And then the other one would be if you think you need to raise $10,000, raise $50,000. <laughs> so always, you know, be prepared for things costing you more and, and, and taking much longer and taking a longer time. And that's part yeah. of why it can right. cost more too. Um, so and I, I guess, uh, for me, um, if there's something kind of a takeaway is just be, have faith, be passionate and just work hard. Cause I guarantee you that you've probably never worked as hard in your life as you were going to have to work if you work for yourself. Um, and it's exhausting, but so rewarding at the same time. And you just have to, you just have to keep your chin up and just keep moving. Um, if you decide that you have this idea and you want to pursue it, there's only one way to do that and it's to do it, <laughs> you know, and it's just remember that it's not going to be easy. And there are times when you would just want to throw in the towel, but then just remember that, you know, tomorrow's, tomorrow's a new day. And if we didn't win today, let's win tomorrow. Kat and Brent, thanks for joining me today. And please go and get something to eat. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Brent. Cheers, yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks. Join us on September 30th and October 1st for the inaugural Total Life Complete Boot Camp in Dallas, Texas. Find out more about how to follow your purpose and passions in life and reach your potential. Check the website for more details and tickets. You can get the full transcript and links from today's show at www.totallifecomplete.com where you can also sign up to the mailing list.